I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And uh, we are live. We're waiting for Wes Bryant. I see his camera. Like, watch. I can show you on the Facebooks uh, that his camera's there. You see? It's a nice blue background. But I don't see Wes. <laughs> so he'll be calling in any moment, and we'll be talking about the Rackspace debacle. Um, we'll set it up a little bit. So, you know, Rackspace basically was hit with the articles say they blame ransomware. No, 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 no. That's what <laughs> happened. You know, that's like saying your place burned down due to fire, but you didn't have any sprinklers. Right. right. You're blaming the fire. No, 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 no. You didn't put any sprinklers in. So in the case here with, with Rackspace, uh, they obviously were tricked in some way to let the bad guys into their system. Now, that what they were doing is something called hosted exchange. And if you listen to the show at all, you know that we've had issues with host with exchange servers in general, dating back to the early flavors of exchange. It was like, I want to say now the time kind of flies, but this is during the pandemic. Early in the pandemic, we found out from uh, the folks over at Microsoft that, um, and the FBI, by the way, that they're, all their exchange servers have a issue that is not patched. And you got to get out there and patch right now because the bad guys are using it to get footholds into the systems. And then they're putting ransomware or whatever they're going to put on your system to cause you trouble. And that's what happened here with Rackspace. But this, they should have been patched by now. I would have thought so. Right. So either they got through that way or due to a lack of a patch server, or they just emailed somebody that worked there and said, hey, I need your password. And they said, okay. And they let them in and they were doing bad things. and Classic, classic admin phishing. Right. So we don't know exactly how they were compromised. Um, but the fact that they're down so long is the, is the biggest issue, right? So we all can be compromised. We all can be tricked. The key is what kind of disaster recovery protocols have you put in place so, you're, so you don't have a million users that don't have access to their mailboxes or their data and are all scrambling, all calling IT people at the same time, thank you very much, um, <laughs> to, yeah. have, to have us migrate them off of the system. So it's, you know, having, we're going to talk with Wes about what are the disaster recovery protocols. And then we take a peek at his camera again. I don't know what's going on. He's, his camera's there. Um, he's not really there. 
so we would have him on to talk a little bit about some of the disaster recovery protocols that we'd recommend. So we'll, as we as we wait, he might be calling in now. Um, for Wes, the, some of the basics are out there. Are there are many we call them clean mail tools that actually process your mail that's coming in from the outside through a service, and then the mail is scrubbed and sent to your servers. Well, a lot of times that technology can then be leveraged into a portal where you can still send and receive email because it hasn't gotten to your servers. You log into that portal. We have it in one of our patrol dog tools for our clients. And you can send and receive email happily along. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly, Rackspace didn't put that in place for their customers. No. So they're saying, go ahead and just migrate to 365. Well, I don't know what that means. Well, to me, uh, the, what, what's really remarkable about that is that advice that they're giving out to their own customers yeah, they're they're basically saying, "Hey, go go elsewhere." Right, uh, and that tells me they're probably going to be exiting this business. It could be. I mean, they are a publicly traded I company. Think so. Yeah, they're a publicly traded company, and this is a major embarrassment. And they, who knows if they've got your data backed up, right? So everything could be encrypted. And uh, if, if, what are you going to do? You know, if you, if your data is encrypted now, you and you don't have a backup. Again, we, companies like us offer backups to our customers for their mailboxes for just this issue. Whether you're on 365, we back it up. Because, again, even though it's in the cloud, people, I know I know, someone told you that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I'm not, let's say Dennis goes rogue, right? He's an employee owner, and he goes, you know, I hate working for myself. I'm going to go ahead and you know, destroy all my email. <laughs> just I'm throwing in the towel. And you delete all your email, Right. The mm-hmm. company, if there was no backup in place, would not be able to recover Dennis's email after right. a certain small period of time. And same thing with his whatever he's got on his 365 cloud, whether, he, whether what, for data, whether it be Word documents or what have you, SharePoint. All that has to be backed up because if Dennis goes rogue or just makes a mistake, which happens. Or if who could make a mistake? Ooh, Microsoft. Oh, right. Microsoft could right. delete the whole tenant on us for all we know. Well, Microsoft could put out an update that wrecks your email database. Right. I'm. It's probably happened at some point. It probably has. Um, so you'd have to have these technologies in place. And we wanted to talk with Wes Bryan of IT Pro TV, who's <laughs> not with us this morning. He's supposed to be. His camera's live. I'm not sure if he's get what's happened. I hope everything's okay. Um, but you need to put these technologies in place to protect your business and your data. So if you've got, whether it be your entire server is offsite in somebody else's data center, call the cloud, call whatever you want. You, the, the company who has put your stuff there, need to back up that server somewhere else. So let's say you have an Azure server spun up on Azure. Well, you should be backing it up to AWS. Don't back it up to Azure. <laughs> right? I mean, that's like IT 101. Right. Don't back it up to Azure. Um, there was an issue with the Google Cloud. Some ding-dong cut a fiber yesterday. Right? Yeah. And if you do a Google search on cut fiber with Google, you'll see <laughs> article after article after article of data centers going down caused by fiber cuts due to backhoes. Right. <laughs> Um, now, in this case, this, this issue was remediated thanks to how they have their their cloud set up. Right. They were able to reroute the traffic through other sites. So that was all good. Yeah. So the issue, though, is if, if Google got encrypted, like we've given examples of Final Site, you know, what would you do in that instance? So you make sure your backup is not going. If you've got your servers in Google's cloud, back it up to Azure, right? You can't back it up to the same place you're trying to operate from, guys. Yeah. Right. I mean, how many we've seen this even in our client base backing up. We have pick up new accounts. Oh, yeah, we're backing up to our server. You're backing up your server to your server. Yeah. 
Really? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, How is that even a backup? I don't know. Um, some <laughs> IT guy at the mall told him so. Um, <laughs> so you got you got to make sure you think about disaster recovery, how you're going to plan for disaster. What is a disaster? And in this case for Rackspace, a disaster would have been, I can't get it to my email. So you, they should have put in mitigation for ability to get to a portal to send and receive the email. They should have built in, hey, don't worry, we got your data backed up. I, we haven't heard any posts like that. Nope, not a word. And that would be the first word you'd send out, right? There has not been a word about that at right. all. So I, I fear for those people whose mail is on there because you've migrated to some 365 class, but you want to actually drag your email over there, right? And that can take some of these people's mailboxes could be 50 or 100 gigs of mail, right? Oh, easily. Lots of people treat email like their filing system. Oh, yeah. Right. What did I promise that which, guy? What which, did I promise that guy? Which, to be honest and to be clear to everybody out there, do not use your mailbox as a filing cabinet. Right. But go ahead. Well, yeah, you shouldn't. Um, and don't put your deleted in your deleted folders and not expect it to be deleted if we ever have to as an <laughs> IT company. <laughs> we have to have that before. So, oh, again, right. Rackspace could have done those things. Of course, then they could have done other things to prevent the, the ransomware from occurring. Right? They could have put in technologies to stop it in its tracks. They could have been in technologies that have canaries in the coal mine that would have warned them that this was occurring. They could have put in technologies that would have actually found out whether or not the footholds are being used. Uh, these are EDR technologies, MDR technologies that should have been in place to prevent this in the first place uh, unless they were tricked by just saying, hey, what's your password? And the IT guy said, it's yeah. ice cream. Yeah. So those technologies can't stop a rogue actor from logging in as Dennis, right? If they mm-hmm. if they get you, your password and they log in as you, it's hard for the system to know that you're not you. Correct. So that's where 2FA comes in. So they didn't put that in place to stop that from occurring. Um, all this could have been preventable. Now, we're in IT, so we know you're a big target like that. The bad guys are going to try to figure out a way in. But you need to put all these mitigation tools in to, to prevent this from happening. And it doesn't look like Rackspace did. And we really wanted to talk to Wes about that today. Where are you, Wes? I don't know what's going on. But we'll step out for a quick break. That's enough Rackspace disaster recovery talk. Maybe Wes will get on with us within the hour. We'll figure that out. So hang on, Rick, Sue, Bob, and John. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we're still waiting on Wes. So we'll continue on. And hopefully he joins us, and we'll chat a little more with him if we get to. Um, let's go to Sue next and see what's going out there. Sue, what's going on? With, you had a suggestion oh, for Emma. Oh, How are I'm you? I'm just finishing up my composition on an email to you. Oh. I was to the end of waiting, so that's, that's God <laughs> coming through. All right. All right. This is a suggestion for Emma, that first woman who spoke about feeling yeah. people were watching her. Um. You know, look around us. I mean, people are watching babies in monitors from across the street. I um, said that, uh, you know, she may have been compromised through a smart TV, through a smartphone, any other way. If she really feels compromised and threatened, I would suggest she call the police department and make an appointment. Mm. Meet with their digital media people and make sure that really... Something isn't going on that mm-hmm. could be a bigger picture. People are getting vulnerable people are getting caught by evil people. And yep. she may be True. just one of those people. And believe me, I 
I'm 65, and the phone is the worst. When you're tired, scammers mm-hmm. can get oh, yeah. you, even if you have been teaching consumer science for a million years. <laughs> um, the other thing I would suggest is that you go to the library or the senior center to do the dual verification. Um, I oh. up with vinyl and, you know, rotary phonographs. And, you know, dual verification at my age is like the last straw. So um, have her go there so that she can understand it, um, and they would be able to help her with that. Mm -hmm. I would tell her to be proactive, and if she feels that something is not right, she knows, and um, she should act on that. And I've gone to the police department with scam phone numbers and hacking numbers, and they are more than willing to talk to you and take the information. And I think that she might get some, some help there. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's hard for us, based on what she was saying, to see so anything. You're looking at it from a technical point of view. Right. And having taught all ages computers, yep. um, it, 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 it's very difficult because depending on what you're going into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned basic uh, back at MCC years ago. Yeah. Um, could I tell you anything about basic? No. Other than yes and no. That's about all in the flowchart. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I was growing up and going through college, um, I swore that I would never use a computer. And now I'm living and teaching on a computer all the time. Right. So, um, but I didn't want her to feel like she was out there alone and yeah. tell her that there are su- support services in her town that could help her. And the library, the resource uh, departments are very helpful. Very good, Sue. Thank you for that information. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. It. Anytime. And, you know, at some point I would love to uh, maybe work with you guys. It would be an interesting dynamic to, for you to add something that is more um, that consumer science, like your technical is wonderful, but sometimes it's those social things that are age-related and all of that. But yeah, we can so definitely. See you and have a nice day. You too, Sue. Holidays. All right, you too. Bye. She's not wrong, right? So we've uh, yeah. in this in this program we've talked with other we've had other aspects of IT as part of the program from tech stocks to digital cameras. There's not there's definitely room out there for talking about the social the social issues or the you know, psychological issues that all this technology is bringing to us um, to possibly have a segment, especially for the folks that are older who get victimized constantly, yeah. not just with computers, but even old phones or people walking up and saying, I'm from the water department, I got to check your pipes. Yeah, I mean, that happens too. Yeah, it's a constant thing. So, you know, it'd be an interesting topic uh, we could explore. Let's go on to uh, Rick from Nagatuck. What's happening, Rick? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I listen to your show every Saturday. Awesome. Phenomenal job. Thank you. I just wanted to tell you, I just got uh, Go NetSpeed uh, at my house here. I got the, the 500. All right. Um, and it is solid 500 up and down. Good. So you got a router that can do it. <laughs> well, they gave they did all the install with the Nokia equipment. They provided you a router. Yep. Beautiful. Okay. Yep. So I have it directly. I, I know. I know you're going to go crazy, but I still. I'm trying to transpose from Windows Seven to my Windows Ten. I got a brand new computer. That's okay. Um, it's loaded. I mean, I got. Um, it's a. It's an eleven. Um, 
it's a i7 and i mean the things i got 32 gigs of ram i've got a 500 hard drive and a, a one terabyte you know um as a as a backup yep nice okay so you know obviously it came with um microsoft um what's it called um edge and i for some reason i love chrome i'm used to it yeah Sure. And I don't know why it just won't let it'll let me download it. It'll let me get to that point. And then when it says it's installed, I click on it. All I get in the center is uh, Chrome Web or something web. And it won't come up like normal. Is that a problem with Windows 10? No, not with Windows, not with any given version of Windows. Um, how did you find the installer for Chrome? I just go, I went through um, what Edge. And I was able to download Firefox with no problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I, I click on Edge, and then I just I Googled, um, or not Googled, but I went to the web and punched in uh, Google Chrome. Uh, right. Okay, I'm going to make a suggestion. Hmm. Okay. Uninstall whatever version of Chrome you put in. I did. Th then you're going to go to Google's website to right. get their official installer. And we can provide a link to that. I can just say over the air what it is. It's very simple. Google.com slash Chrome. Right. Okay. Uh, and that will take you directly to where the true installer lives. And Google you can download it. Slash Chrome? Yep. Yep. Bingo. Slash Chrome. Okay. That's the issue right, with the internet. Who knows what package you actually downloaded? That's exactly what I think it is. Um, yeah. I, that's what I think the problem was. Because no matter how many times I've tried it, um, I can then I completely uninstalled it, did it again, and it just, just keeps doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no reason that it should be the case. Um, also, on that router GoNetSpeed offered you, did you um, configure the, the firewall now with the, your own password? Uh, you know, I you know I didn't. Okay. Um, I, that, that was my next question. You got to do that. Yeah, yeah. I trust I trust the, go, the guys who go NetSpeed implicitly, but I don't. But, but <laughs> so. so when, yeah, let, let me just shut this. Uh, I'm not, now I'm at the other computer. Let me shut it. They should, have, off here. they should have given you an IP address of the router, which is probably 192.168.1.1. And you, um, when what? I do when I do the speed, you know, I'm connected, you know, hardwired right in. So when I do the through their Go Net Speed, yeah. it shows me what what the um, IP address is. Well, right. There's going to be a gateway is, of the router. What is the IP address of the two, router? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but this says here two one six dot four nine dot one thirty dot one nine two. Right, that's a when I go when I do the up speed or the go speed. Right, right. That's just a speed test. Okay. So what? How would I find that? You want to do an IP config and the command okay. in a command prompt on your computer. Okay. And you want to find the the default gateway IP. And then All right. the default gateway IP is how your devices are getting to the internet. And okay. so I could be completely wrong about how they're, how yours is configured, but I know I configured mine a certain way, but most likely they configured it for you. So you got to get to the default IP of the gateway. You got to log in. And the problem is you, got, you don't know what the default password is on that device they provided you. No, I don't. So believe it or not, you can Google that. <laughs> right, well, now this is this is my other computer with 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 Google Chrome, so this one's fine. Yeah, so you can Google the make and model of that router they provided, and ask and Google the default password, log in, and then yep. change that password. Okay, so change their password what they set it up for. Yeah, 
And then you want okay. to also, while you're in there, go to your DHCP settings and make sure you are handing out open DNS IP addresses of 208.222.222.222 or whatever that is that. Uh, two, yeah, it's close let, to that. Let's, Bob let's could get it. Let's Bob could rattle it. it off like nothing. We'll, yeah. we'll put the links up there. So configure your DHCP to have the DNS of Open DNS as well. While you're in there, changing those passwords, okay? Okay. Was that gonna? Was that hurt the speed? No, no, no. Not in any way, shape, or form. It'll improve the speed if that's possible. <laughs> okay. All right. We gotta right. go, Rick. All right. Thanks again. You got. It. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. All right. Taking a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and we have not found Wes. I hope he's okay. I'm sure he's enjoying yeah. the Florida weather. He's not freezing up here like we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's supposed to be here. We checked in with him on Friday. Uh, it is what it is. We'll be fine. Let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Rich from Glastonbury, who wants to follow Rich. up. Hey, Rich. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good, sir. How are you? Okay. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound good. Call. How good could I be, right? Well, if we're always nervous about follow-up calls. We're wondering if they have to go to the complaint department or if we're okay. Well, we'll, well see what happens. Well, you guys are okay. That's right. not well, the problem. What's up, then? This is, I called you a couple weeks ago about an insane hard drive on a visual field machine. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. More info. Okay, so, what do you got? Okay, so I think part of it runs on VXWorks, which I'd never heard of. And, of course, okay. I called their technical department. And what a surprise, never got a call back. And the other part of it runs on Linux, or is it Linux? Or how you say it? Or play uh, it. Yeah. Most people say Linux, but you yeah. do hear Linux or even Linux now. And <laughs> well, I don't know. I well, never okay. mind. I was thinking of some other words, but anyway, <laughs> you can't get it to boot then. Still, hey, right? Right, right. hey, here's the thing. So I can't. I I got a. It's a 32 gig hard drive. That's right. what it comes with. Tiny, and it comes from the factory in what they tell me is a low initiation, and they have a high initiation. So essentially it's a low format and a high format. And it tells you if you 
get one that has no format on it. You can still work it. They said put in a Windows 95 to 98 system disk with F-disk and format in the floppy drive. And, of course, everybody's got Windows 95 hanging around, don't they? eBay does. I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then it says, go ahead and, and do it, and it'll give you a FAT16 single partition. So okay? that's the workaround. Yeah, that's the workaround. And then it gives you a 2.1 gigabyte uh, is all it'll limit it to. Yeah. And then you re- when you get that done, you reboot the system, and it comes up with format. And it says, don't load Windows. just comes up with format. Then you can format it. And then it's ready to load it in from the software on the floppies, which I do have. My question is, is there a way to just the disk I have still works, but it's not happy. Is there a way to do a um, complete clone of that hard drive and have that just work? Because it should have everything on it, shouldn't it? The answer will be maybe. Um, we're okay. not as familiar with Linux and what you're talking about specifically. Maybe Dennis is, but uh, there there is a product that can clone mm-hmm. Linux mm-hmm. partitions. It's mm-hmm. called Clonezilla. Of Clonezilla. Yeah. Now, with Clonezilla, mm-hmm. you, what you will probably have to do is boot to a special disk mm-hmm. that is running its own version of Linux that mm-hmm. Clonezilla will operate on, and then it will clone from one drive to another. Okay. Is there, I mean, I'm sure there is plenty of external hard drive enclosures and hookups and wires that I could use. Mm-hmm. To I have an old um, Windows machine and I tried taking out the hard drive because I figured, oh, fine, I'll just clone it onto the drive in the machine. I don't care. Yeah. Um, as soon as I put the hard drive from the visual, mich- the visual field machine into the old PC, it killed the old PC because it's German, so it can do that. That's right. It's a Carl Zeiss, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's very good, yeah? Yes, yes. Anyway. We have many clients with Carl Zeiss devices like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I put the thing in, and I figured, <laughs> oh, this is just great. Now the computer won't start up. Right. So I took the damn thing back out and restarted it, and it still said, we don't like you anymore. Oh, so it wouldn't no. boot up. <laughs> so then I pressed, I forget which key, maybe the delete key, because that's my favorite key. Yep. So whatever it was, and the computer rebooted, and everybody was happy, and it, it runs. Yeah. Um, and and I took the I took the disk back and stuck it back in the visual field machine, hmm. and it runs. So I, I, the problem is you I can't get this thing. I can't get another machine right unless it's like thirty grand right. Okay? No, I know. Um, or I think I told you I could get a used one at six grand, which has a warranty, which says if the machine breaks before six months, we'll give you your money back. And if it luckily goes six months and one day, we'll keep your money. Right. Um, exactly. Crapshoot. Yeah. Um, is there any USB ports on the on this machine that we're talking about? Uh, there is, and it's, <laughs> it says in the manual, which I was able to get the field resource manual, hmm. and it says in the manual that at some point they'll make them active. Oh, they're not active. Well, and they and they're not willing to send you a bootable like. Okay, so if they're not active. I was going to say use a boot, just boot off a thumb drive running Ubuntu no, and call uh, it a yeah, day. Yeah, and I thought, and the oh. only thing I can, and besides, it won't even know to take that. I mean, it doesn't look at the USB drive. The only right. thing I can think of is to clone the hard drive. Right. It's somehow. a 32-gig IDE hard drive, right? This is super yeah. old technology. Yeah, it's PATA. Right. So what you, don't do it on this machine. I think, right. you're, I think you need to take it out and connect it to an IDE to USB mm-hmm. interface. All mm-hmm. right. That'll give you power right. to the drive. Right. Um, plug it into a current machine and then mm-hmm. use Dennis's CloneZilla, Clonezilla. idea mm-hmm. um, to another drive. Now, again, it has to be... 
tiny. You can't stick a two terabyte drive in that thing. It's not going to know what no. to do with it. So I you, an eighty yeah. gig. All right, eighty gig. So hopefully the geometry will be understood by the bias. May not yeah. be though. And um, I partitioned it in thirty-two gig pieces. That's fine. It might do it. Um, well, you won't know yeah. until you stick it in there, and the and the, <laughs> and, the, and the bias says, "I don't know what an eighty gig drive is. Yeah. I only know a thirty-two gig drive." Exactly. So, do it outside of the machine, so you have some more power. I thought you were going to say, "Do it outside, in case you get the fire." <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done stuff like that. We've stuck things in freezers to make them work, believe it or not. But uh, and it does work. Believe it. Yeah, um, okay. But in this case, it's not going to help you. So yeah, it's too big. <laughs> cl- yes, Clonezilla is cool. That sounds great. It's just the key mm-hmm. is. And it, if they didn't, if they just made those thumb drives, the USB ports active, you could boot off a, a stick, yeah, right? You would sure. clone it to a thumb drive and stick it in the USB port and just boot off the stick, which doesn't technically, I can't think the BIOS has any issues with geometry there because it's not really yeah. reading it the same way. But sure. you get quite a mess there. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I wish the support would give you, just give you a, a drive. They don't have a drive anymore. Don't have any. Hmm. This old machine is old. I mean, they they took this thing... You can't get a service contract on it for like 10 years, probably. Right. Um, and the tech told me, he said, you know, the problem we had is that uh, we couldn't get parts. And also the computer inside the thing, we couldn't get the motherboard. We couldn't get anything. So we, they just said, okay, so we can't service it anymore. Right. You know? So that's what they did. And I, I can respect that, you know. Yep. 30 grand, buy a new machine. Why 30 not? grand. That's the nature of our business, Doc. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's every business. Kind of. So, all right. Well, I mean, try these things. Right. Maybe it'll work. We'd yeah. love to have you give us a follow-up and, and <laughs> see, see if you had success. And I think the, the, the listeners are going to be like, I wonder if the doc got it working or not. <laughs> um, and they're also going to be wondering, gee, should I see this guy? He doesn't even have a machine at work. <laughs> so that's the thing. So you say that. It's kind of funny. Um, I, I don't think they would treat you that way, but there are there are some shortcuts that so many companies make, right? And you and you got right. and you're going to wonder. You're not doing it. You're, the machine is going to be a visual field. It either tells yeah. you your visual field or it doesn't. You're just trying to get it to boot. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's not not there. But if you've got an accountant that's running on XP computers and all your tax yeah. data is on that, you might have yeah. a question about that. Yeah. Well, I should have saved my old AT. That's what I should have done. There it is. Yeah. Right. That Save it great. from the landfill. Yeah, well, it's saved in the landfill, right? <laughs> okay, thank you, guys. You guys are always great, and I respect it, and I love the show. So thank, thank you so you much. Very, very much. Good luck, for you, and thank you for calling in. Oh, definitely. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, I was hoping you'd give us some good news, because that, that all rang a bell. Yeah, but now I've got him running Clonezilla. Yeah. That's an adventure in itself. Oh, is it? Do you have any good instructions you can post out there? Uh, the website the website leads you through everything. Right. Just Pay attention to what they say, follow the directions, Implicitly. and you'll be all right. But again, so what we're talking about here is that he's got such an old system that you just can't buy a drive off the shelf and stick it in. It's Again, it's like, imagine you have a 20-year-old car and you wanted to put a new engine in it. The car may not have the, con- I mean, maybe a, a, somebody who knows what they're doing could put a current engine in a 20-year-old car, but... Yeah, they probably can these days. I've watched a lot of shows. These guys, my analogy might even work, not even work anymore. But for most of us, you can't put a new engine in an old car and hope it works. And that's kind of what he's trying to do. But he's working in a parameter that's 15 years old. So he's really in a box. Let's go to uh, John from Avon. What's happening, John? Hi. Hi. I um, have Frontier as our internet provider. They have put in fiber optics and now are offering a promotional Yoka switch over to their faster um, service. Yeah. I called them. They, they do, in fact, offer a, a lower price than what I'm seeing now. 
mm-hmm. and they're offering to pay for the installation and the, I think it's a router, the Eero, E-E-R-O. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a router. Okay. Um, I think they're made by uh, Amazon. Hmm. Yeah, so I did do a little uh, research on it, and it sounds like a great router, except for they don't promise you they won't collect all your data. Right. So then right there is enough for you, right? So you're going to say, no, thanks, I don't want the router. You just want their fiber, quote-unquote, modem. Uh-huh. And then buy your own. And I still have to link the one that I found. What what bandwidth are you buying? Uh, whatever their lowest is, 500. The lowest is 500? 500. Lowest? 500? Um, right. I think. That's pretty fast. That's um, really well, fast. Yeah. So you need a a firewall router that'll handle that throughput and the one I picked up does affordably a couple that's like 250 it's a Linksys device uh-huh. uh, I'll put a link up there for you to check that out that way you control your own destiny and if you of course if you put the open DNS in there there'll be less even them for, for, for Frontier to follow you by because you can't do anything and with 500 500 internet believe it or not you could even implement a VPN on your firewall and actually make it look like you're coming out of Saskatchewan and you wouldn't even notice a difference. <laughs> All right. Is, is, uh, the VPN is something you, uh, I know they offer, people offer that for a monthly fee. You can get a VPN. Is that what you're saying? Co- correct. You can implement, you can go pay for a month uh, a VPN like from Proton. And firewalls these days now allow you to configure them on the firewall. Yes. A lot, a lot, even a lot of home firewalls are sometimes have VPN service in them. Right. I, I have it on mine. Right. So for me, as a, as a gamer who's actually winning, now that I have 500-500, I do not want to slow down my performance by putting in a VPN. <laughs> uh-huh. i got to beat these little guys that are out there in the gaming world. <laughs> but if you, if you don't care about that and you have a life better than mine uh, and you, you put that VPN in there, you'll be much more secure. Is there a way to do a VPN without a, a monthly charge? Some companies offer that too. Proton does have a free VPN, but you can't ask why. You know, is it the kindness of their hearts, or are they collecting data? I don't know. Gotcha. If, you, if you pay for it and they tell you you're, you're, they're not doing it, at least you have a leg to stand on. So you'd recommend not just taking their free Euro router and getting your own? If you want your, to control your own destiny as far as what you said, collecting data. If you don't care, then... I mean, could they... I mean, do I do, do all my banking on the computer, and, and is that the data they will be collecting? No, they're just going to... Well, they'll know where you bank. They're going to know that a guy who's who lives in Avon, who's this age, because they know all your demographic information, happens to go and bank at this banking uh, domain, happens to, to go shop here, happens to go wherever uh-huh. you go on the internet. And then they sell that, quote-unquote, anonymized data to people who are interested in marketing. And I can tell you, there's some sick... Technologies out there that I I can look at companies to figure out if they're thinking about using a services like mine, just just because of their searches that they're doing on their own on their own networks. It's almost like cheating, um, right? So somebody's going to then offer you a snowblower because you you just type the word snowblower in your in your browser, right? Right. So it's up to you, John. I mean, I, I don't know how much they're going to actually be looking at you, but the technology is is sick. It's amazing how much they know yeah. about us, especially if you want to leverage it. <laughs> I was disappointed. It sounded everything I was reading like, oh, that sounds really like a great router, and then they came across that. Oh, yeah. but they do collect all your stuff. Right. So just drop a couple hundred bucks on your own router, and now you don't have that problem. And if you put the yeah. DNS in there of, of, of open DNS, 
rather than using the frontier DNS, that's even more secure, right? They won't have any way to see where you're going because you're getting the DNS information from Cisco. Cisco right. knows. Right. So I did put on the open DNS on the old system, but I had to get a, a, a second um, router or modem. So that was like two at once. Um, That's not needed. That, yeah. You configured a DMZ of some kind, but you didn't okay. need to. You only need one. Right. You only need one. Great. And uh, buy it online or buy it from Best Buy or... Uh, I mean, there's no servers at those big box stores, really. So you can get them online. You're going to get the same amount of service if you have any kind of issues. Gotcha. So I'll look on your website. And yeah, I'll put the link of the one I chose. It doesn't mean it's the best one. It just happens to do a good job for, you know, it'll do good roughly in a 3,000-square-foot home as far as the the, the, the reach of the uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Should I take their free Euro and then just replace it? Uh, if you want. It's up to you. I don't know, resell it. You can also configure the Euro with the OpenDNS, too, um, and try to, sure. try to circumvent them and put in your own passwords. And, sure. And uh, that might be an option for you to feel a little more secure and then just enjoy the free Euro mm-hmm. device. And they still would be able to get my data or not? Not if you put the, the open, not if you configure it with the OpenDNS. The snag is, though, when they want to support you, they're going to default it, right? Because it's their dev- all their equipment. Uh-huh. Um, if you put your own equipment in there, the only thing they're going to control is the modem. All right. Okay. Mm, all right. Yeah, good luck Very with helpful. the new speed, the new internet Thanks. speed. Appreciate it. Thank yep, you. you got it. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I got to put that Linksys up there. I can't even think of the, the model. I got to go look at my Amazon account. <laughs> <laughs> Literally installed it on Thursday. Because um, I was looking at it, like, why am I not getting the speeds I'm supposed to be getting? Hmm. So I'm just as guilty. I'm a geek too, right? I got things to do. Everything was fine. You know, my, 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 <laughs> everything was working fine. All right, we'll step out for a quick break and get back to your calls. Four lines wide open, 860-522-9842. If you feel we've given you any service over the past 28 years and you want to do something about that, support the Salvation Army, the holiday stores. It's easy. You don't have to be too technical here. You just go to your cell phone and you text the letters WTIC to this number, 41444. And then you'll be able to donate with a credit card to the Salvation Army. Um, and that's a, it's a good cause. And it's been like 30-plus years that the station has done this, and it's helped a lot of people. So uh, consider texting WTIC to 41444. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. We're here to 11 o'clock. Only a couple minutes left here. So just quickly on that firewall router. So... It's available out there for 350. I got it for like 250. But there's a couple flavors of it. There's the 6E, that six gigahertz band I was telling you guys about earlier. Most of your devices may not even have six G availability. And I have, I wasn't impressed with the when I connected a couple devices in my house that did have it. I wasn't really impressed with how it worked. You got to be pretty close to the firewall to really take advantage of it. The 5G actually works. So you, there is a 5G flavor of the Linksys that I posted out there, and it's oh, let me see what it is. It's the Hydra Pro. Now, the one again I quoted was a 6E tri-band mesh router, um, and it's got plenty of throughput to handle a 500-500 internet connection. I did not check to see if it could do a gig connection. Oh, um, I didn't check that. I just can do 500-500. I bet okay. you it can do gigabit too, but I didn't confirm that. Um, that would mean it has to have the ability to do two gigs of throughput, uh, a gig up and a gig down. It probably does. 
but don't hold me to it. Um, do your research. <laughs> um, so we'll try to have Wes back on next week. I uh, hope everything's okay with him. Uh, in other news, I want to bring up some stuff about LastPass. So I don't know how many times we talked about security breaches at LastPass. LastPass is a password manager, right? And it's never good when your password manager is breached. Um, no. Of course, they say all oh, your passwords are fine. Don't worry about that. Um, but they had a, a breach that actually impacted another company. Um, had to do with uh, giving folks remote access, uh, and that caused some kerfluffle out there as far as the servers that LastPass was on and this remote access. Do you remember the name of the remote access, Dennis? Oh, uh, is it log go, me in? Yeah, or? log me in. Go to. Yeah, go to. Yeah, so the company detected an unusual activity when a th- within a third-party cloud storage service that it shared with its parent company, GoTo. So the sharing, sharing the service, sharing the same cloud tenant, not good, not good at all. And so they, the unauthorized party, got into LastPass's cloud service by using information obtained from the security breach it suffered in August. Now that's not good if they used information that. Happened last August. You'd think they would have shut this stuff down so they couldn't do it, but they... Uh, I guess they didn't. The further, <laughs> further, they discovered that the bad actor was able to access certain elements, in quotes, of its customers' information. Hmm, what's wrong with that? Certain elements? Yes. So you've got the password managers getting accessed so that it, to the parent company who's giving you remote access to computers. <laughs> What could go wrong? <laughs> I mean, I was going to say. What, what? That's not good. So, I don't, I don't know. LastPass has constantly had issues with uh, with breaches of all sorts of kinds. I always say, oh, it's not the data. Your passwords are fine. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, we'll put a link up here for that. Um, and you can read that on your, on your own and lose the sleep that we lose. I do want to thank you guys for joining us on this uh, lovely Saturday morning. I want to thank Kevin for producing. It's the first time Kevin's ever produced for us. I want you guys to think about the holiday store. And no matter where you are, you could be anywhere you want. Just thinking, you know, I'm going to make a donation. Just text WTIC to 41444, and they'll take care of that for you. I want to thank Mike G for posting everything over on Facebook and and Twitter. And and now that Elon's there, it'll get to you. I don't have to worry about that at all. Zuckerberg, (laughs) we'll have to see. And Dennis posted everything over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And remember, we want you to be geeks too. We'll see you next Saturday. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.